The Flybridge Ed Air and Surface Transport Symposium is back, May 18th through 20th of 2020. Join us in Murfreesboro, Tennessee for our third installment of one of the best EMS conferences in the nation. Guys, I gotta tell you, get to the flightbridgehead.com website, click on the Fast 20 button, check out all of the pre-conference offerings. We have more than ever this year. Our speaker lineup is going to be incredible. If you've been to Fast 18 to Fast 19, you do not wanna miss Fast 20. Go to flightbridgehead.com, click on Fast 20, get your tickets now. We'll see you in Murfreesboro. Howdy y'all, this is Dr. Jeff Jarvis. This is a special push it out quickly kind of episode on a paper that was published last week in circulation. Now, the reason I want to get this out so quickly is that we're going to be talking about it on a FlightBridge Ed Facebook Live session this coming Wednesday, January the 29th at 8.30 Central Time, 6.30 Pacific. I'm going to make this quick and just cover the basics of this paper. I'm going to reserve my take on it as hard as that's going to be. I'm going to reserve my take until the Wednesday session. So take a listen to this pod and then join us with a tasty beverage of your choice on Wednesday evening. Go to the Flightbridge Ed page on Facebook for the link. These are really, really fun sessions. I know you're going to enjoy it. Please come, listen to the pod, bring your questions. Better yet, read the paper And then come join us. What is a lighthouse? It is a tower with a bright light at the top. Located at an important or dangerous place. The main purpose of a lighthouse is to serve as a navigational aid and to warn of dangerous areas. Welcome to the EMS Lighthouse Project podcast. Illuminating the darkness of current EMS clinical practice with the bright light of science. Here are your hosts, Dr. Jeff Jarvis and Mike Burkest. Welcome back, y'all. The title of this paper is Survival After Intervenous Versus Interosseous Amiodarone, Lidocaine, or Placebo in Out-of-Hospital Shock Refractory Cardiac Arrest. The lead author is Dr. Mo Daya. It was published January 21st, 2020 in circulation. In other words, last week. This is a pre-planned secondary analysis of a rock trial commonly known as the ALPS study. That's the amiodarone, lidocaine, or placebo study. It enrolled adult patients with cardiac arrest and initial shockable rhythms and then randomized them in a double-blinded fashion to get either amiodarone, lidocaine, or placebo. This trial had several pre-specified subgroup analyses. In other words, they're going to do the overall paper, and then they say up front, we're going to come back later and do some additional analyses, some secondary analyses on some subgroups. Now, one of these was going to be stratification by IV or IO as the root of drug administration, and that's the paper we're going to talk about. We probably should talk a little about the parent trial First, it was titled Amiodarone, Lidocaine, or Placebo, an Out-of-Hospital Cardiac Arrest. Dr. Kudinchuk was the lead author, and it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2016. 
So patients were entered into this trial when the paramedic opened up a blinded study kit with some drugs in there. Now, these kits were randomized in block fashion, taking into account site and agency. Because of this, the paramedics didn't have to worry about randomization. They didn't have to worry about enrollment. All they had to do was do their normal CPR, open the thing up, and give whatever was in it. So each study kit had three unmarked syringes containing three milliliters of a colorless fluid. These syringes contained either 150 milligrams of amiodarone, 60 milligrams of lidocaine, or normal saline. The protocol was to do CPR, give a vasopressor and defibrillate, not necessarily in that order. Then they would give two syringes if the patient was over 100 pounds, one if they were under 100. This had most patients getting 300 milligrams of amiodarone, 120 milligrams of lidocaine or saline. Now, if they felt another antiarrhythmic was needed, the third syringe was given. All syringes in a kit contained the same drug or placebo. So it's not like they were getting amiodarone with the first dose and lidocaine with the second. They were getting only amiodarone or only lidocaine or only placebo. All right, so the parent trial, kind of shockingly, definitely not what we were expecting, found no significant difference in survival with amiodarone or lidocaine compared with placebo. Now, they did find an improvement in survival with either drug compared to placebo in only those patients with bystander witness to rest. So the current paper is one of those pre-planned subgroup analyses. Now, remember, although this data was collected prospectively during a double-blind trial, that doesn't mean that this itself was a randomized control trial because it wasn't. It was a secondary analysis to see if we can learn anything else from the primary study, and if so, that might help us direct future RCTs. Now, this trial took all patients from the parent trial and broke them up into two groups. The first was those who got their study drug via IV, and the second was those who got their study drug via IO. They then repeated the analysis from the parent trial. That is, they compared amiodarone to placebo and lidocaine to placebo, but only within the group getting the drug by IV. They then repeated this for those who got the drug via IO. Now, they also performed a sensitivity analysis where they analyzed all of the patients together with survival as the outcome, and then this factor that they put together of drug and route and they used that factor as a variable. They also included all of the other variables in this model, you know, the things we'd expect like age, gender, witness status, response time, etc. All right, so what were the results? There were 3,026 patients in the parent trial, and they had pretty even distribution among the three arms. 974 got amio, 991 got lidocaine, and 1,054 got placebo. 78% of the drugs were given via the IV route. So that's important. Most of the drugs went in through an IV. Now of the 22% that got them through an IO, 93% of those were from a proximal tibia. So very little humeral head IOs here. Most of these are proximal tibia. Now most of the IVs were explicitly documented as being somewhere in an upper extremity in 84%. The rest of them didn't really have a documented location, 
My guess is that they're probably EJs. So take a look at figure two for a great visualization of the results. We threw it in the show notes just for your reading pleasure. Now the bottom line is that survival to hospital admission and hospital discharge was better with either amiodarone or lidocaine compared with placebo, but only when given IV. There was no difference in survival to either admission or discharge when given IO. They also looked at neurologically intact survival. That was better with amiodarone compared to placebo when given IV, but not when given IO. And neurologically intact survival was no better with lidocaine in either IV or IO group. They didn't compare amiodarone to lidocaine directly in either the IV or IO groups in this study. Now, in the full population of patients, when looking at the significance of just the IV versus IO route, they found no difference in any outcome. And that sensitivity analysis flies in the face of what we just talked about. And it's one of those things that makes you scratch your head and say, hmm, we're going to come back to this on Wednesday because I think this is an important confounder. All right, so what were the author's conclusions? Well, they said that amiodarone and lidocaine both improved survival to admission and discharge when given IV but not when given IO. And they also concluded that amiodarone improved neurologically intact survival IV and, again, not by IO. Now, I'm going to defer any commentary on the study design, the results, or the really informative discussion section. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I really enjoyed this discussion section. We're going to defer any of that commentary for our Facebook Live episode on Wednesday night. I hope you're going to join us live. I'll be there with Mikey V and Ratu, and I swear it's for realsies this time. We're not going to put him off. Mikey and Ratu and I are going to talk about some of the potential mechanisms by which these results might make sense. We're also going to talk about the limitations of the trial, and there were definitely some significant ones. We're going to give our bottom line take on the paper, along with what we think the clinical implications are, and whether we're going to be doing anything with these results in our systems. Most importantly, though, we want to take your questions and hear your comments. Your involvement in this podcast are really important, and we want to know what you have to say. Please, 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 please join the discussion. This is going to be our fourth, maybe fifth episode. Each one of these is getting more and more fun, more and more interactive. We're getting more and more people involved. Now, if for whatever lame-ass reason you can't join us live, well, the good news is you're going to be able to rewatch it by streaming it off of the FlightBridge page on Facebook. I'm going to talk with you all on Wednesday because I am very confident all of y'all are going to show up. I'll talk to you then. Take care. You've been listening to the EMS Lighthouse Project Podcast, a proud member of the FlightBridge Ed Podcast family and a Fire Dog production. Visit flightbridgeed.com for more information.